uh, let me say that. Let me back up. We wonder if sometimes in his mind, the deliverance that he wanted to bring to his own people, if he may have come to the place of realizing it's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. My, my, uh, I think, did I mention this? There? I don't know if I did, just bear with me. When my brother-in-law turned 40, 20 years ago, 21 years ago, my brother asked him, so what have you come to realize now that you're 40? He goes, well, I'll never play professional baseball. I know that. <laughs> There's some things at a certain age when you begin to realize this isn't ever going to happen, right? Uh, you get to be, uh, I don't know, I could throw out examples, maybe I ought not to, but there's things that you just realize, hey, we're past that in life. We're not going back to that, okay? I'm never going to be a brain surgeon. I never thought I would be, but I just know <laughs> that it's not going to happen. I'll never be uh, a lawyer. I'll never be, you know, something that takes uh, 10 years of education and, and another 10 years in an office as an apprentice, all these different, where I'm not doing it. It's not happening. And so we know what that's like to get to a stage in life to think, well, this is past and uh, that's, it's never going to happen beyond this. This has got to be, maybe it's run through Moses' mind, you would think, that he had hoped to make a difference in his family's life. Let me say that again. He had hoped to make a difference in his family's life. And now he's thinking, eh, it's not possible. It's not possible. I, I love it that God is the God of second chances, aren't you? I, I love it that as God, as Moses wanted, it, wanted to deliver Israel, he couldn't because God hadn't prepared him to deliver Israel yet. And there was some time. I'm thankful. I just told somebody this week. We find that I think God, I'm so thankful for the, the patience of God and that he, he is not in as much of a hurry as we are in life many times. We think we got to get out and do, get this done and do that and do this. And he's just like, hold on, hold on. I'll bring it all to pass. You know, it's amazing when God's in something. Have you ever noticed how quickly it happens? Like you don't have to, you don't have to kick the door open. You don't have to have, I mean, there's so many things that come together so quickly and you're like, well, only God could have done this. And, uh, I think that's the point, right? To be brought to that conclusion. And so Moses is in Egypt sitting. He's just, obviously, he must believe everything's done. Uh, it's past being delivered. He's 80 years old. He's got his life established. And it's at this time that God comes to him. Now, watch. God's ready to deliver. Right. Hey, listen, when God puts something on your heart, it doesn't mean it's just you. God's put it there. But just because he's put it there now doesn't mean the times now either. It could mean the times a few years down the road. Maybe God's just getting us to have a heart and a desire for that so we could be moldable and he could uh, use us uh, in the capacity that he wants us to. And it's been on his heart. Now God is ready to deliver Israel from Egypt. Now, Remember what he saw last week? He's out in the wilderness, backside of the desert, comes up, and what is it? The burn, the burning bush, right? It was, it was on fire. This bush was flaming in the desert, which is not abnormal. That happens. Combustion, natural combustion like that. And uh, out in the, when they get so dry. But the thing is, we know this, uh, the bush was not consumed. Now that was weird. That didn't happen. Normally a big boof, flame, 
pile of ash and you know, whatever. But this thing, it was just burning and burning and burning. And it's like long enough for him to go, man, I got to go look at this. That's weird. And he gets his, maybe, I don't know if he had a staff or not, and walks over there. And when he gets there is when God begins to speak to him. Here's what I want to learn today. What I'd like us to learn today is that it is not man. Okay. It is not man who is the deliverer. It is God. And God can use whomever he wishes to deliver. A lot of times, you know what we find out? And this is good news for us, really. He uses some of the oddest people you'd ever imagine to do his work through. The ones that you don't really believe. Uh, those of, if you've ever gone, those maybe you're listening here today, if you've ever gone to Bible college or any, you know, some type of an institute or something like that, and you'll see those people, and man, everybody notices them, and they were, they're going to go somewhere, and they're going to pastor a big church, and they're going to do this, and some do, but boy, I mean, all eyes are on the ones that just seem to have it all together, and you find out they hadn't done anything. They did nothing. You know what God took? He took the small things or the weak things of the world to confound the mighty. And he finds the misfit. He finds the one that just can't get it together. And he finds the one like Peter who just bumbles around everywhere until he finally believes Jesus. And on the day of Pentecost, 3,000 get saved. I love it. You know what it showed? It was God. And God can use whoever he wants. He can use us whenever he wants. And I'm thankful that all of us, listen, all of us are prime candidates to be used by God in a great way. And listen, the world may not even see. It might not be a leading two million people out. It might not be that. It might be leading one out of bondage of sin and bringing them to Jesus Christ. Do you think that's not important? Right? If one gets saved, is that not important? Absolutely it is. And so we're going to see that God can use whoever he wills. Even if you've blown the first opportunity, I like that. He can come back with a second opportunity. But you notice here, God appears to Moses right where he is to give him that second chance. Aren't you glad when God comes to you where you are? Yeah. No, we're not, scale, we're not climbing the Scala Santa in Rome. We're not, we're not praying our way up the stairway trying to get favor of God. We're not going through all of the rituals and all of these things for God to notice us. He knows right where we are. He knows our name. He knows everything about us. And I'm thankful that he, he comes to us. He comes to us. And he appeared to Moses. He came to Moses here in this burning bush. Look at verse 1 in chapter 3 of our text. Uh, Exodus chapter 3. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of the bush. And he looked and behold, the bush burned with fire and the bush was not consumed. And so this was a manifestation of God. It says here, the angel of the Lord appeared unto God. What was this angel of the Lord? Who, who was the angel of the Lord? Who wants to take a stab at it? Who was it? Yes, it was Jesus Christ. It's what we call a Christophany. What you might call a theophany. It was, it was a manifestation in a human body of Jesus Christ before he was born at Bethlehem uh, in, 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 uh, in, in, uh, of, the, of the virgin birth, born of Mary in Bethlehem. This is a pre-incarnate 
Jesus Christ. He came, remember the three, uh, the three came to Abraham at the tent door and uh, he's, the Bible says there one must needs be a judge. It was Jesus Christ. And when, when Moses or Abraham began to talk to him, he called him Lord, number one. And you see through that, that conversation that it was Jesus Christ who had the authority to, to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And Abraham was, was beseeching him to spare and got down to 10 righteous souls, right? It was Jesus Christ. When Jacob wrestled with the angel that night, he said, he named the place Penuel. He says, for I have seen God face to face. I've often wondered, I don't know what, what Jesus looked like before he was born of Mary. I don't know what bodily form he took, but I've often wondered if he had the same one the whole, every time. I don't know. I don't know. But I, I, I've wondered this is if Jacob were ever at Calvary, if he'd looked up and said, oh, that's him. That's who I wrestled with. You know, I've wondered that it was, it was Jesus Christ. It was a pre-incarnate uh, manifestation of a person of Jesus Christ. It wasn't Gabriel. It was Jesus. Okay. I like this. You know why? Because it shows us that God doesn't deal with his people from a distance. There is a song that was popular in the 80s. Uh, oh, I hate to even bring it up. It was a, it, it sadly got sung at a, a church I was at. It was not a very solid church whatsoever. And it's, the song was, From a Distance, God is Watching Us. And this lady sang this song as a special for church. And the pastor got, it was a worldly song, and the pastor got up and he said, well, I'm thankful that God doesn't watch us from a distance. <laughs> it's like, well, you'd have thought that one might have been, but you know, if you knew the church that it was, it it wouldn't have been that shocking. But uh, no, God isn't watching from a distance. Watch, He lives in us. He is in us. And He knows us. And He knows our name. He knows everything about us. And He deals with us personally in every walk of our life. He makes personal contact with mankind. You know, you know the, the religions of this world, they don't do that. They don't offer that. They don't offer a personal relationship with somebody, with a person at all. So why would God, though, choose to reveal himself to Moses this way? Think about it. Why would he do this? Why a burning bush? Is there any deep, deep theological thing uh, going on here? I think there's maybe a couple things we could look at. I mean, it kind of does show God's power, kind of shows his glory, kind of shows that this is something miraculous. It, it's kind of a display maybe of his attributes. Maybe we could look at that. I mean, it kind of helps to understand who God is and the might of God, and the power of God, and the majesty of God, and the greatness of God before he asks us to do something, right? That kind of helps us. I mean, if we're going to step out by faith, I think I'd like to know who the one is who asks us to step out. Amen. And so it's a display of his attributes we see here. And, and, and the Bible does this often. Does it not speak of the greatness of our God? In Job, in Job 9, uh, Job says this in verse 10, which doeth great things past finding out, yea, and wonders without number. Wow. This is, uh, this is the greatness of God. He does wonders without number. Psalm 77, thy way, O God, is in the sanctuary. Who is so great a God as our God? Thou art the God that doeth wonders. Thou hast declared thy strength among the people. 
We serve a great God this morning. We serve a mighty God, a powerful God, an omniscient God. He knows all things, an omnipotent God. He is all power. He is everything that is. And when God manifests his presence and his greatness in a special way in the Bible, watch this please, it is always to draw attention, hold on a minute, not to the sign or the miracle, but to himself. Is to himself. Listen, uh, uh, the Bible says that in the, in, in, in the, during the tribulation period, the Antichrist is going to come with lying signs and wonders. Big deal, right? Did not the magicians? Or we'll see. But we might get to this sometime. <clears throat> but did not the magicians copy most or some of the of the miracles that God did through Moses and Aaron? Right? <coughs> Do. Uh, is Satan able to do wonders and miracles? <coughs> Let me finish dying here first. <coughs> right, okay. <coughs> Maybe. <coughs> Much better. Now I'm better. Not really. Okay. Nothing like awkwardness. But... Uh, <clears throat> so uh, God works wonders and miracles not to focus on the miracle but to focus on him and we're so there are so many that are really out in our society and culture under the umbrella of quote Christendom right that whose goal and focus is all on miracles and signs and wonders they go to church just to see a sign. They go to church to watch gold dust fall from the sky. And they go to church to watch people get, uh, you know, gold caps on their teeth and, and things like, no, I'm serious. I mean, they talk about this stuff and, you know, you know, boy, I had a miracle. You know, my tooth was, was changed and I got a gold cap now. And I'm serious as a heart attack. This is out there, Right. And everything is about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. The doves are on the walls and all of this stuff is falling. And But if you would read your Bible, you'd realize the Holy Spirit, his job is to bring people to Jesus Christ, right? Not to himself. He doesn't glory in himself. He doesn't bring glory to himself. He, even though he is God, he is the, the third person of the Godhead. His goal and, and re responsibility and job is to bring people to Jesus, and Jesus brings them to the Father. Watch, the point of the miracle is God, the one who is doing the miracle. Let, let me tell, say it to the, you this way. This will help you. We don't ever make goals out of byproducts. Don't make a goal out of a byproduct. You'll get things all messed up. See, there's a group in Christianity, in Christendom, that make a goal out of a byproduct, right? What's the, what's the real goal is? The goal is God himself. So, God, the Lord Jesus Christ has manifested himself here to, to Moses so that Moses, listen, the call is coming, it's coming, and before Moses steps out, he needs to be confident in the one who's calling, he needs to have some rest in the one that he can do exactly what he has said that he will do. And it's the same for us today. Sometimes we see God do some miraculous things in our lives and we ought to praise him for that. 
We ought to praise him for that. Sometimes in church we have experiences and we have this great sense of the manifestation of God. We have the, you know, just the, the conviction of the spirit of God and the, we, we yield to the spirit of God and you can come away. Some people come away and say, boy, we heard from God today. Wow. God, they use this term. God showed up today and, uh, he's always there. He's in you, right? But we know what they mean by that. There is this, there is this manifestation that was there, this reality that was there. And it was a, and it was a wonderful service and it was a great church time. And, and, and maybe the Lord really spoke to you and did a lot of business with you that day. But the, the miracle or the manifestation and our feeling is not the focus. It's the one, it's the one who brings that as the focus. Yeah. We focus on Him. We focus on His Word. His Word. So, here Moses gets, number one, the first thing right off the bat, he gets is a manifestation of God. He's got to be certain in the one who is calling him. But secondly, whenever there's a manifestation, there's got to be a message. Be careful about manifestations without words, without messages, right? People walk away from services all over the all over the world with great quote manifestations, but they never got the word of God. They got an experience, they got a feeling, they got some euphoria, they got some great thing, but they never walked out with trouble. Says, or in the um, he was up in the mountains of Mar- uh, Carmel, maybe it was Carmel. No, where did he, he went up to Horb? Yeah, and he was up there, and it said the the. The wind passed by, but God was, you know, the earthquake. God was not in the earthquake. The fire, but God was not in the fire. The wind, but God was not in the wind. And then it said, but then a still, small voice. Yeah. What were the circumstances? Watch. Circumstances in life are never the answer. The circumstances are to get us to stop so we will listen to the voice. So we'll listen to the word of God. And this is what the burning bush was in Moses' life. Made him stop. It made him look. It made him consider. Well, that's cool. <laughs> and then God said, Moses, now he's ready to hear. Yeah, don't, don't, listen. Don't uh, minimize the circumstances of life that you don't like at times. Sometimes... Many times God are using those things. Sometimes when the circumstances come into our life that we just, I mean, they have our attention. We don't like where we're at. Maybe it'd be good for us to say, stop and say, speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. God, what are you trying to tell me? What are you saying? You know what you do? Get in the book and get in prayer and let God begin to speak to you. Moses said, I'm going to turn aside. And God summoned him to come unto himself. And he does it to us today. Absolutely. Notice this, James 4, 8, draw nigh unto God and he will draw nigh unto you. You make a move to God and he'll make a move to you always. And so God has Moses' attention and he's going to reveal two of his attributes now. Moses is going to need this. He's going to need it to go out and do what God wants him to do. Notice the first attribute he has, verse 5. And he said, draw nigh hither, put off thy shoes from off thy feet. For the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. So God told Moses that he had come as close to the burning bush as he could until he had to take off his shoes because where he was was holy. He was holy. 
God is of purer eyes than to behold evil, it says in Habakkuk, and canst not look upon sin. God is holy. He is pure. He is complete. He is altogether lovely. He is perfect. There is not one blemish. He is, he is light and not darkness. In Him is no darkness at all. God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. He is holy. And listen to me. He wasn't living in Moses at this time. Moses got close to God and God said, Take off your shoes. You're on holy ground. Hold on. That holy God lives in us. See, holiness isn't about a, a part of us being perfect. It's because of our proximity to God. We need to live holy because He's holy. Amen. God told Moses he'd come as close as he could. He was in the very presence of God. Wow. Yeah. You know, it's not something to be taken lightly. So many times people just glibly, glibly go into the presence of God. I understand. I love the, 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 the oneness and the, and the closeness that we have with our Heavenly Father. I love that. But there's something else about, you know, the Bible says in Ecclesiastes that God is on heaven and we are on earth. There's a vast difference between us and God. God told Israel, he said that thou thoughtest that I was altogether as thyself. God said, I'm nothing like you. There's a, there's, a, there's a chasm between us that has been branched by the person of the Lord Jesus Christ that has been brought together. We've been brought nigh unto him. It's important that we recognize the holiness of God. The God who we serve is the high and lofty one. He is high and lifted up and he is holy. And what did he say to us? Be ye holy as I am holy. What does, that look, what does holiness look like? What does it look like? That's a good question, isn't it? You're not, you're not going to find out from the world what holiness looks like and what it sounds like and what it acts like and how, how, it, how, it, uh, contain, uh, how it carries itself or anything like that. We've been told to live a holy life, a holy life. We worship a holy God. It's amazing how, how often we can come to church to come into the presence of God. We're coming at times to worship and to, and I mean, and, and to, to sing and then to worship. Worship is not only singing, that's a part of worship, but giving and tithes and offerings are a part of worship. And all, everything, aspect of our life, worship is what? Time, energy, and, and, and money. I mean, it's all about worship. And how often we I mean, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm talking to myself right now. How often do we come into the presence of God on a Sunday morning or a Sunday night or a Wednesday night and not even consider the holiness of God in, our, in the way we sing, in the songs we sing, in the way we approach that God is holy. God, watch, God wanted this. was the first thing that Moses was introduced to and revealed to him of the, of, the, of, the, of the character of God. The first thing that God wanted him to see was his holiness. Yeah, it's totally missed today. It's totally minimized today. You can get on, uh, online and you can look at half of the, these, quote, worship services and all of these things on, in different churches and stuff. And I'm telling you, it, it, I, it is flesh, flesh, Flesh. Those that worship me, God said, must worship me in spirit and in truth. And these, so many of these are just absolutely tailored to the flesh. 
It's not worshiping in the flesh. Notice the second thing shows here in verse six is another attribute attribute that is revealed is his immutability, right? What does that mean? He is immutable. He cannot change. He cannot change. Look at verse six. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face for he was afraid to look upon God. Yeah. Wow. Is immutability. I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, your fathers. I am the same God. Look at him. I'm still here. We're going to see later here what he's going to tell Moses. Who, who sent me? I am. The eternal now. He never changes. He always is right now. For the rest of our eternal existence, he will be the I am. He, right now, he is. He is. Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yeah. Listen to Hebrews ten nineteen, Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiness by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he hath consecrated for us, through the veil, that is to say, his flesh, and having a, a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water, this immutable God, we are absolutely and completely unworthy to approach this holy and immutable God. But he calls us to himself. How? By the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you know every time you open up a prayer and say, Father, the only reason you have the ability to do that is because of the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ that gives us access to him. And we have that because of Jesus. We can boldly approach the throne of grace and say, Father. Do you know that that word was unknown in the Old Testament to the Jew? Jesus introduced God as Father. That was foreign to them. That closeness of, of Father was not really known very well to them at all. And here we can at any time whether it be midnight, whether it be three in the morning, whether it be uh, noontime, we can say, Father, we can say it and nobody hears us in our mind. We can call into our Heavenly Father. If you never had a good father, you, still, you, have, you have the best father right now. He is our Father. Thankful for that. We're not worthy to be in His presence. We're not worthy at all, but Jesus gave us direct access. What, a, what an incredible reality that is. I hope we don't gloss over that either that God would even communicate with us. You look at Hinduism, you look at Buddhism. Where's the communication with them of their God? Over, I believe it was in, in Jeremiah, God talks, I love how God describes their gods. He's like, you, you guys are carving these gods and they can't even walk. You got to pick them up and move them where you want them. What kind of a God is that, that it can't even, that you have to move the thing, right? <laughs> what a great God that is. I love that. Uh, yeah, it's, it, it, there's no communication. Johnny, Dr. Johnny Pope said one time, he came back from a meeting, a great preacher's meeting. He was all on fire and uh, ready to go out and just charge the world. And he'd passed a bus station. There's a man sitting in the bus stop. And he said, the Holy Spirit of God told me to go and witness to him. And he's like, well, not now. He goes, and man, I'm just, I mean, I'm all fired up. And God's like, well, now. And he's like, well, no. And it's like, you just, you know, you just came from this place that you thought you were ready to, you know. He said, I finally, I turned around and went over to the bus station, sat down with that man. And uh, he said, he was a Muslim man. He said, I have prayed for the last time to Allah. He never answers me. 
And he said, I led him to Christ. Wow. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. God answers. We have a God who knows. We have a God who's aware. We have a God who we are aware of his presence. We have a God who communicates with us. Wait, he initiated the communication because he wanted us. That's incredible. It's incredible. Let me just ask you something here. Let me ask. We, we, know, we know that through salvation, we, we have access to, Lord, to, to God our Father through the, Lord, the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. We know that. After we've been saved, I'm trying to think how to word this. After we have been saved, how do we draw near to God as he says in James 4, 8, draw nigh unto God and he'll draw nigh unto you. What decisions or actions enable us to draw nigh to God? Anybody? Yeah, you can, you, to, to draw, that we draw nigh unto God. What are they? Anybody have an idea? Micah does. Obedient, okay. There could be a specific area of obedience. Maybe you've been disobedient in and you say, nope, we're going to do that, Right. Okay, what have you been disobedient in? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> this is why nobody talks. <laughs> okay, obedience, anything else? I mean, that's very general. That's pretty good. It kind of covers, everybody's like, yep, that's good. Covers mine. Obedience. Humility. Humble thyself, therefore, in the, under the mighty hand of God. Yeah, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. He'll lift you up. Humility. Oh, I like that. That's excellent. Excellent. Anybody else? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Falls under obedience as well. Absolutely, yeah. Out of a, a, a right heart, you know. And can I say this about giving? Just because, just because you don't always have uh, like this, like yeah, I'm tithing today. Bless God. Can I tell you when you obey, that's still an act of love, whether you feel it or not, right? Don't 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 minimize when you don't always feel so excited about about. <laughs> giving and tithing, you know, when you're just, when you're obedient to the Lord, obedient, boy, that's an act of love. Amen. Yeah. So give anyway, even if you don't feel like it. Anybody else? Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Amen. Absolutely. Sometimes there just needs to be some things. The Holy Spirit of God has been putting on your mind and you know it, you know it, you know it. And there's a time you just got to come and say, you're right. You're right. I agree with you. Yeah, you're right. I'm wrong. You know, it's it's simple. Sometimes repentance is so simple. You know, God, you're right. I, I was absolutely, I was totally impatient today. You're right. I was impatient. For, you know what happens? You draw nigh. I mean, you begin that process of getting closer to God. You know, you know, I, yeah. Well, the word holy means to be separated from that which is common or unclean. Sure. And he said, be holy as I am holy. Mm-hmm. I mean, this, this could monopolize. Yeah. We've become so carnal and so worldly. Sure. In this world Absolutely. That we have to die to self mm-hmm. and allow Christ to live his life through us yeah. to, to accomplish that holiness. Yeah. And and you do that, I think Mike is on the right path because if you go to the Hall of Faith, yep. chapter eleven, he says that one of those people, he said, Time did fail me to mention all these different people. <laughs> yeah. And he said one of them, one of the things that they did was obtain the promises. Mm-hmm. Yep. And obey it. Yep. And you do it out of, like you said, out of love. Yep. And um, and fear. 
Sure. No, no. All of this goes in together because. Yeah. And listen, if you're truly born again, when you get away from God, you don't like it. Do you have a desire to get back to Him? And and sometimes you just, I mean, you're uh, you don't know how at times, but it really is. It's uh, you could sum it up under holiness so easily in separation. Absolutely. See, uh, um, what time is it? We I don't I don't have the time to dive into this, but because <laughs> I would because it's excellent. It's all excellent. So we are commanded to, and uh, God communicates with us. And he wants us, he wants to communicate, right? He, had, he wants to use us. He wants to be close. He, he wants that, he created us as relational beings. He made us after his likeness and image. Why? So we could, like Adam and, Adam and Eve at the very beginning, fellowship with him unhindered. And, uh, but uh, we, uh, things come in the way of that, don't they? So... The communication of God. I, I think we're going to stop there today. And uh, God is trying to work in your life today. He wants to, he's going, he is using you maybe in ways you don't know. His use of you right now might be in a preparation stage and it just feels like you're spinning your wheels. Just got the family and got the job and, and living in, you know, somewhere I don't really want to live, but I'm here. And and God is just putting you aside, just saying, hold on, hold on, hold on. Just sit still for a while. And uh, he's going to come to you. And he's well aware. And uh, when he comes to you, he's going to, he's going to remind you again who he is. Not who you are, but who he is. He doesn't, even, he doesn't need to deal with Moses, who Moses is yet. You know, the only thing is, is the, the unholiness. Make him aware of who he is and what he's capable of doing. And if we would get down who he is and get our minds off of who we're not, you know, we could let God use us. Absolutely. And so God is going to use him and uh, he's going to tell him of the plan next week. Moses isn't ready for this. <laughs> he doesn't think he is. He's, uh, he's going to go through all, of the, all excuses of why he shouldn't be the one chosen. I can't speak. I can't. And it's so funny because God's like, fine, I, I'll, I'll give you Aaron. You know, just stop it. You know, I got it all planned out and, uh, and he wants to use them. But we'll look at that here. And uh, are you available to God? What is your view of holiness? What is your view of God? And uh, what is God doing in your life today to remind you, to remind you uh, of who he is? And who, how he can be trusted, and how he wants to use you in your life, and uh, don't don't minimize who God is, because if if you'll minimize who he is, uh, you will minimize what he's able to do, what he's what you allow him to do through you, right? So, we'll stop there. Father, thank you for your word today, and uh, ask you to bless it, bless the service coming up in Jesus' name, Amen.